0: Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited today to have another Inside Med Admissions for you. This time, talking all about secondary applications. Now, this session aired live May 26th, 2021, and we're gonna have it for you here on the Pre-Mid Years Podcast. If you wanna come to our next Inside Med Admissions or watch the replay at some point, you can go to insidemedadmissions.com. Our next session is June 30th. The sessions are the last Wednesday of every month at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Our next session on June 30th, 2021, is talking about one way interviews. You know what Vita was last year, which is no longer, and what Snapshot is from Altus, the same people who make Casper. That's what we're going to be talking about in June and in July. We'll be talking about interviews in general. So go to insidemedadmissions.com. I want to also do the MCAT minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT, one of the most confusing parts of taking the MCAT is trying to understand the difference between what are prereqs for medical school, what are prereqs for the MCAT. Now, obviously, the MCAT doesn't have any true prereqs, right? The WMC doesn't require you take any classes before you take the MCAT, but they expect you to have the knowledge from those courses. One of the biggest ones is biochemistry. Something that became more important with the 2015 MCAT biochemistry is a very important Uh, subject on the MCAT. Can you self-study it? Sure, potentially, but ideally you're taking a course so you can have that core solid biochemistry foundation. If you're struggling to get that course in by the time you need or want to take the MCAT, you could potentially self-study that information. So go check out blueprintmcat.com for more information all about prereqs and everything else. And don't forget to sign up for a free account where you get a free half length diagnostic, free full-length one, and much more over at blueprintmcat.com. So let's go ahead and jump in to our Inside Med Admissions, hosted by Dr. Scott Wright, former director of admissions at UT Southwestern, former executive director, retired executive director at TMDSAS.
1: Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to Inside Med Admissions, and uh, this is Dr. Scott Wright, and we are here today with a couple of really great uh, guests that are going to be we're going to be talking all about secondary secondary applications today, and so I want to get quickly to introducing our guests and let you know who they are, and let them tell tell you a little bit about themselves and uh, what's going on with them these days. And first of all, we have Doctor Felix Morales, and uh, Felix and I have known each other for quite a few years over the over the course of time he's he's of course from texas texas tech university med school uh in lubbock texas and uh felix it's nice to see you today Uh, nice to
2: see you too scott thank you for having me here today
1: of course and tell us a little bit about your background felix you're you're uh you've been there at the the uh, lubbock med school for for quite a while tell us a little bit about your specialty and kind of what you do and whatever
2: So, uh, yes, I've I've been a faculty member uh, here at Texas Tech School of Medicine since uh, April of 2012. It seems like crazy how fast time goes by. Um, I am a graduate from our medical school, completed residency here as well. Uh, I am a board certified family medicine physician. Uh, When I got done with residency, I went and practiced in a couple of rural areas here in West Texas, uh, a town called Fort Stockton, Texas, and another small town called Friona. Um, as I was finishing up my time at Freeland, Texas, uh, my chairman of our department reached out to me and said, are you ready to come back to the big city? Um, and, uh, so I I couldn't pass up the opportunity to come back and, and work and teach at my alma mater. Um, and then once, yeah, one thing led to another. I, I started working, uh, with the admissions committees. I, I initially was an interviewer, um, and then with my background, my predecessor, Dr. Kim Peck. Uh, you know Scott, um, she uh, yeah. uh, asked me to come give a couple speeches to uh, to a group of students called the JAMP students, which are you know, a special group of students that have early admitted or, ha- or been on a uh, pre track into medical school. Um, I spoke to them, and then uh, a few years later, she asked me, Would you like to be the assistant dean? I said, I would love to be the assistant dean. And then when she retired, she pulled me aside and she goes, I'd like for you to take over for me. And I said, I'm to be honored to do that so i've been in this role as the associate mm-hmm. dean of admissions for our medical school for the last it's going last four years it's crazy to think wow about how fast that time's going by wow. uh, But yeah but that's a little bit of background in my in my school. yeah
1: awesome awesome thanks really appreciate you being here felix next we have uh dr Lindsay Ridgeway and, uh, Lindsay, uh, Dr. Ridgway, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, kind of what's going on with you there? And, uh, and you're in the, at the Carolina campus of, uh, BCOM, right?
3: I am. Um, thank you so much for having me today. Um, I have the joy of serving as the Associate Dean for Student Affairs at VCOM Carolinas, which is located in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, I have been with a college since we opened in 2010. VCOM um, has four different campuses, so we're an osteopathic medical school. Um, DO is the only program we have, so um, we focus solely on um, osteopathic medical education um, our first campus was founded in 2003 up in virginia um, and then the addition of the carolinas campus in um, 2010 here in spartanburg and that's where i was the second person hired for our campus so i've been here since the beginning and it's been wow. such a joy to see um, all the students that we've graduated from this campus um, with the addition of this last class um, is well over a thousand at this point, And it's so cool to see all the things that they um, are doing in the world as physicians. Oh yeah. So, oh,
1: absolutely. Cool.
3: Um, but I, I joined as the director of student affairs and then moved um, to oversee admissions and student affairs here for our campus in 2014. So I've um, been working with enrollment here um, for the past seven years, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Awesome. Really enjoy getting to see students from the very beginning until the end. So, in um, my admissions hat, we get to interview and welcome students in, and then my student affairs hat, we get to host graduation. So we get yeah. to yeah the whole thing. Along the way.
1: That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. very cool. Well, thank you for joining us today, both of you. And we're going to get right to the topic. And you know, one of the reasons each each month in this broadcast on Inside Med Admissions, we cover one particular topic. This topic, uh, this this, uh, for this broadcast is secondary applications, and uh, and so, what one of the things that we really want to know is you know, w- we recognize that there's a primary application for Felix, for you, it's the Texas Application Service application, uh, Lindsay, I guess, for you, it's the ACOMAS application, and uh, there's a lot of information that gets, uh, that gets uh, transmitted to you via these primary applications, but they're the same for everyone. Uh, And and so this leads, I think, schools to uh, develop secondary applications. And so one of the things I would like for for both of you to, to address is, Tell us a little bit about what your what the purpose of the secondary application is for your in, individual school. As you as you craft it, as you uh, are looking at it, what is it that um, what is it that you cover in that secondary application, and what's the purpose of that? So, Lindsay, why don't you go first?
3: Sure. So, our secondary application um, it really helps us dive in in a more mission specific way. Um, we are an incredibly mission based institution. Um, we are our goal is to educate physicians to serve the Appalachian um, and Delta regions of the United States, and so we really look for students that come from those areas and most importantly want to practice in those areas one day. We have a focus on rural medicine. Um, educating physicians to go into the rural areas of the country um, to serve and as a DO you have a lot of great tools in your tool belt to be able to better help um, patients that don't have a specialist nearby where that specialist might be two hours or three hours away and so um, we use utilize our secondary application really to dive into some questions that help us get to the heart of the student and why they want to be One, an osteopathic position, and two, why they are interested in BCOM because of our mission. Um, We also have um, a medical mission program. So we operate three medical mission sites in Honduras, El Salvador, and the Dominican Republic. And so... Over 60% of our students participate in those mission trips. They're not part of our curriculum. It's not required. It's something our students choose to do um, outside of the curriculum. It's an amazing clinical experience for our students, but it's not something that's required. And so um, we do a lot both internationally and domestically in regard to serving others um, through those medical outreach opportunities. So on the secondary, we really dive into volunteer experience, um, to um, previous Mission trip experience, um, healthcare related mission trips, or just mission trips in general that students Mm -hmm. have gone on, and really getting at a heart, um, at that heart of service. Um, It also allows us to ask them more questions that are a little more um, in line with what when we interview a student, what we're hoping to ascertain from that interaction. Um, For example, kind of diving further into what are your strengths and weaknesses? What are you going to bring to the table as a medical student um, that, basically show, shows us that you're capable of handling the rigor of medical school um, and that resiliency that you have built through your education to be able to take on something like medical school, which is so challenging and difficult. So those are some of the things ours really focuses on determining if if the student is a good fit for us. And we tell students all the time, medical school is about fit. It's about fit for we have to be the right place for you and you have to be the right student for us. And if those two things don't agree and match up, then it's not a good match and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you won't be a good match somewhere else. It doesn't mean that you won't be a physician, um, through another institution. Um, but we really focus on that mission.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Felix, why don't you jump in now? I,
2: I would like just to carbon copy everything that Lindsay said in regards to our secondary app. Um, for us, the, the purpose is just to get a better insight into who the student is. Um, you know, we, we also are looking for sort of mission-centric type of uh, qualities for our medical school. You know, our, our mission statement basically is to train physicians for West Texas and beyond. And for us, that means underserved communities, not only in rural parts of West mm-hmm. Texas, but potentially in those underserved areas throughout the state too. So what we try to do with our um, uh, secondary app is to assess, you know, um, and would you be a good institutional fit for us? Are you going to be someone who's going to be uh, have a servant's heart, you know? And what we're trying to determine as well from that secondary app is, um, you know, you know, do you have a sense of passion? Do you have some grit? You know, the questions that we ask, you know, um, talk about uh, adversity, talk about uh, roadblocks that might have occurred, either personal or even academic roadblocks, and how did you overcome those? Um, it also gives us a good insight on uh, our dual degree programs. You know, we we ask questions about you know uh, about applying through through our family medicine accelerated track. You know, and why do you want to do that? You know, what, what makes you interested in becoming a family medicine physician on this acceler- accelerated pathway? Um, you know, we also ask questions in regards to the, our other dual degree programs. We have a new one that we're starting uh, with our with our uh, College of Engineering across the street. And so we want to make sure, hey, do you have a good fit, good profile for that particular program, too? Um, but more than anything else for us is just trying to get a good sense of who this person is. Um, or, you know, we, we ultimately hope that those students who do come to our school uh, Will eventually, you know, go into one of our residency programs and hopefully eventually practice, you know, medicine in West Texas. So we're trying to get that type of feel, that type of information from our secondary application.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense, um, Doctor Ridgway. Could you give us an example, maybe, of a couple of specific questions that get asked that, that you guys ask on your uh, secondary, uh, just to kind of get an, a little bit of an idea f- uh, about that.
3: Sure. I'm happy to. So one of the things that we try to dive into a little bit is um, it's a moral scenario, like an ethical scenario. Um, I'm not going to share all the details with you, um, sure. but um, it, we really try to dig into, you know, there are so many things in medicine that are, um, are really challenging for physicians and you're challenged in a different way in the care of another person. And so we really try to get a sense of, you um, you know, how you execute your integrity um, in your day-to-day life um, in situations where even if it's a situation where you didn't make the right choice, where you learn from it, um, and you have that introspection in regard to growth and um, kind of where that um, ethical compass lies for you. Um, we also um, ask you to, to really talk a lot about and be introspective about where are those areas where you do see growth in yourself? Um, and it's often and, and that allows us really to see the maturity of a student um, to know that they can recognize that um, there are faults. And you have kind of heard that thing about in an interview, if you say, you know, my biggest weakness is that I'm too ambitious. Well, that's not exactly what you want Um the person you're trying to hire and maybe to say, um, you really want them to have that introspection to know, um, that, Hey, if I get an F on this first exam, that I'm going to ask for help because I need it and not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be prideful and say that I can do it and then, um, and not make it through. And so we have a lot of, things in place at Vcom to help our students. And so we want to know that they um we believe that if you are going to help other people, you have to be willing to first help yourself. And so um, one of our questions kind of gets to that point of what are some things that you, you can do to really make sure that you're be- becoming the best version of yourself.
1: Oh that's awesome. Yeah. So um, let me ask you uh, a couple of other questions related to secondary. So uh for each of you my some schools um some medical schools in the country um go through a review process and then invite people to um fill out their secondary. It, it and then other schools they sort of expect everybody to f- fill out the secondary is what is your routine in terms of that uh, do you do you expect everyone to do it are you going to select people that you want to do it what how does that work for you guys felix
2: so for us you know we have a you know a really strong partnership with the tmd and so once they you know, determine the eligibility of that candidate, You know, go through that whole process of getting all the information, and they transmit that application back to us. Uh, for us, it's an automatic process. We want everyone who submits an application to us or checks off that box through the TMDSCS. The turnaround time is usually a day. Uh, our system analysts will review all the various components of the application, and then we'll send an, an, uh, an invite. Uh, via email, uh, and it provides a link to the secondary app. And once they get that secondary app, it's really up to that applicant to complete. We won't review their application uh, until we have that secondary app uh, in the system. Um, and so what we've done to kind of streamline the process of that, though, too, is uh, we've actually posted our secondary app questions on our website, Um, And part of that is because we just want to make sure that they have enough time to review those questions and have those questions ready to go. So there's no delay in regards to submitting the application.
1: Mm, Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Ridgeway, same thing for you guys.
3: No, it's a little different. And I'm going to try to make this as concise as possible. Um, But to get. When you apply to VCOM um, through a COMIS, we always encourage students first to only apply to one campus. So there are four different designations in a Comus. Um, please don't waste the money applying to all four because we have a process through our secondary that allows you to only be reviewed at one campus. Um, so VCOM, you will not interview at multiple campuses. You only interview at one campus if you're selected for an interview. Um, and so I encourage you to apply to one. And then on the secondary application, we have an application services team that um, last Year we had over eighteen thousand applications. Um, They go through those applications, and we invite for a secondary based on a number of different factors, um, primarily looking at students from our target regions, or that attend a um, four-year institution within our target area, or have indicated in some way on their COMIS that um, they have ties to um, one of our target regions. Um, At that point, a secondary application um, is offered, and we do that because we don't want a student that we know that we don't want to take a student's money that is outside of our target area or that academically we don't have the ability to offer an interview to. And so um, we extend secondaries to um, select students and then once those applications are returned to us along with your letters of recommendation once your application is complete it goes to um, a director of admission on one of our four campuses for review for an interview um, and on the secondary you do have the opportunity to um, to rank our four campuses so you can tell us like I want to be considered um, at Virginia Carolinas and Louisiana but, you know, I, I don't want to go to Auburn and Alabama or I want to go to these two campuses and not these or you can just say I just want to come to VCOM and so you can consider me anywhere um, and our application <laughs> services team has a process that they will sort students through so okay. um, I know that's as, as easy and simple as <laughs> it can be but um, that's how we do it at VCOM.
1: No that's good that's good. Yeah I'm wondering too now that that we're talking about it. So when a, st- when, when your student comes to your, cause I'm assuming that there is a limited number of characters or words that you are looking for in each of the responses to the questions, uh, very typical for secondary apps, as well as for the primary application itself. But when, it, when a student is, is completing your secondary application, what, what do you have to say to them about what they should include in there and, and, and how, how they should write the responses to those secondary questions. Any, any sort of special advice that you can give our listeners and uh, those uh, watching uh, via, via our YouTube channel, uh, any any advice that you have on those that could be helpful considering how they could go about doing that. Um, Lindsay, why don't you start with that one?
3: Sure. Um, so this may sound silly, but Um give it to someone else, maybe two or three people. Um, I can't tell you how many students we have not extended an an interview to because there were so many grammatical errors in their secondary Anacoma's application that it just, the attention to detail wasn't there. Um, and this is, if you want to become a physician, this is your, this is all we're going to see is what's on paper until we actually get the opportunity to meet you. And so, um, please take the time to review it. Um, this may be more of a personal opinion than um, a, a, a VCOM opinion, but I think often, and I've read a number of these before, where the application is very flowery. Um, it has a big dramatic start, um, but there's not a whole lot of context to the answer of the question. And I think that when you're trying to get our attention, the things that are going to get our attention are being authentic and answering the question in a way that allows us to get to know you better. Um, and so I think sometimes students want to have a, um, a big story to tell and it's okay if there's not a big story to tell and it's just the answer to the question. And so don't be, don't be afraid to just be authentic and be who you are and to not exaggerate something that happened to you to make it look bigger than it is. Um, Tell us what the lesson learned was and how it impacted you, because that part is going to come out in a way that is stronger to us than um, a big flowery creative writing story. Um, so I would right. say two things.
1: Yeah, good, Felix.
2: I would say, yeah. I mean, I, I, for me, it's just this is going to sound silly too, just being honest with your responses, because you know a lot of our questions involve. You know, have you had any academic road bumps? Any, you know, issues in your life that's kind of held you back? And, 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 often when we start reviewing that primary application, it doesn't necessarily fit together with their secondary responses. So you want to make sure that everything's kind of mapped out in this in the right way. But in particular, just being honest with your answers, because um, if you do come in for an interview, you know we're going to want you to elaborate. A little bit more on some of those secondary responses as well uh, and for us too since we, we you know i mean our mission statement is to try to you know build physicians for create physicians for the west texas region um you know often people will kind of fudge about their relationships or their ties to west texas because that's one of our questions too you know and as silly as this sounds we've had People put down, yeah, I used to go quail hunting in Seminole, Texas, and that's my title, West Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's not exactly what we're looking for, uh, but, but that ha- does happen uh, on occasion. So,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, and you know, it seems to me like that uh, we all send the same messages to students, uh, just as you guys are saying, you know, be honest, be upfront. Uh, proofread, you know, it's all these same messages that we send even uh, to students on the primary application, uh, same kinds of things that we want to hear from them uh, that, that you, you are saying about the secondaries. So now I'd like to give uh, our listeners a little insight into how how you use the secondary application questions, those types of things when you're in the, in the committee meeting, when you're really reviewing, when you're doing the work uh, of selecting your classes. Felix, tell us a little bit about what what does that look like for you guys? How do you guys use the secondary and, as opposed to the primary and, and, and what impact does that have when you're actually in the room, you know, making these decisions?
2: For us, you know, if the, if the student has made it through the process, they made it through the, to the uh, evaluation process, gone through the interview, and now they're in that very last group of the selection committee that kind of decides which students are going to be offered, um, you know, we, we look at that secondary. particularly for us is if we start seeing some some blips on their transcripts, you know, what happened during that semester where they got a C in organic chemistry? You know, did that student elaborate to what happened when, you know, they weren't doing too well one semester, right? Are they able to kind of go back and and show us, yeah, yeah, I, something happened during that time frame, but they were accountable for it versus blaming someone else for their uh, potential academic um, uh, issues that might come up. Uh, and for us too, you know, it goes back to also... Um, you know, West Texas ties. You know, um, there again, we we love students from all parts of the country, and we have students from all parts of the state as well. You know, but for us, ultimately, we know that people are going to want to practice where they're from, and so you know, if they have some ties to West Texas, how true and authentic are those ties? And you know, and can they you know give us good evidence and how strong those bonds are to to the communities of this region.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so you're do you often see um inconsistencies between the primary and the secondary application or is that pretty rare uh that you might see indication in the primary some particular thing and then you look on the secondary and you're like wow is this the same person or
2: rarely i think it comes back down to because the the primary and we'll talk about you know some struggles and things like that but you know, for us, it's, you know, when we start looking at, uh, at transcripts and we start doing the whole graphing of, of their um, GPAs and everything else, and we say, well, what happened this semester? And, and nothing was documented in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't give us a good insight to what potentially could have happened during that semester.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Good, good, good. Dr. Ridgway, tell us a little bit about how, how you guys use the secondary in your process of selection.
3: Sure. So I think one of the things that really is valuable for our interviewers, um, they spend a lot of time with on the personal statement from the ECOMAS, but also on um, the essay questions. There's three on the secondary. And so um, I think a lot of faculty kind of have a favorite that they gravitate to. And they'll, you know, use some of the tidbits that students have given to ask more questions or dive a little bit deeper into something the student has shared. Um There's a couple things on our secondary that allow us to, um, as Felix was referring to, to see where there were maybe gaps or where there were issues throughout your education that we can um, just have a clear understanding of what happened. So one of the questions we ask is, you know, have you had a lapse of two years or greater within, um, throughout your college education? And so sometimes when you get that ECOMAS and there's just several different colleges listed, you have the transcript, you're trying to piece the story together, that secondary tells the story. It allows the student to put Um, to control that narrative a little bit more than us trying to piece it together and put what we think happened, the students actually able to tell us. Right. Um, um, And I, and I think being like owning, Hey, this is what happened and this is what went on in my life during that time. And, and, taking responsibility and being accountable for whatever may have happened during that time. Hey, maybe you had to withdraw for a semester um, and being able to explain to us what was going on and um, being able to just have that clear picture. And so the assumptions are not made about why you did something on your transcript um, right. versus you getting to tell us that story. Um, one of the things with COVID recently that we also added to our secondary was a question about how COVID impacted your application, and so um, that has been a very popular question this past year, especially in regard to shadowing healthcare volunteer opportunities and the plans students had, and that will continue to be a, a question on our application for some time until we're able to, to move past past this era of life, but um, I think mean, that's what we'll call it for now, but you we know, certainly <laughs> use that question um, to be able to get a clear picture of why a student doesn't have experience or why it was cut short and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, and Felix, do you guys uh, ask a question about COVID on yours as well?
2: We're actually, you know, I'm glad Lindsay brought. We actually put that question in our secondary app this year for the first time, and mm-hmm. and, and part of that is going back to that gap of potentially students not having enough or look or I say, healthcare experiences, and you know they can document in that particular area. But for us, it's kind of a broader question about what did you learn during this time frame? Was there anything that you could have? Uh, gain insight on. And so we, 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 do ask that question. We are going to ask that question
1: this year. Right. 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 Good. Backing up a little bit. I'm wondering what um, timeline wise is, is when a, when, when a uh, primary application is submitted and you get that primary application materials, whether it's from ACOMAS or whether it's from TMDSAS, um, what is your recommendation in terms of when an applicant should, should they go immediately and start filling out your secondary? Should they wait? Should I, you know, I, I, you know, we, they, they hear, students hear a lot of different things about, in, about, The process and and how to go about it. And I'm wondering, is it your recommendation, it certainly has been my feeling, that as soon as they submit that primary, they should go ahead and and start filling out secondary applications. Is that kind of your feeling as well, Felix?
2: Yes, I I highly recommend trying to get all application materials submitted uh, as soon as possible. I mean, and in, in the data supports that, you know, through the TMDSCS, they, they show us the data of all those who get interviews and typically it's those students who have everything ready to go and always have the mm-hmm. sweet spot to submit an application.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: like that middle of June to the first week of July. If you can get everything turned in by that point, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to have the ability to get eyeballs on your application a whole lot sooner.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Dr. Rishway, same thing for you guys?
3: Yes, it is. I mean, we, so we will send you an invitation for, to complete a secondary. So we do encourage students to return that to us as quickly as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. I think something that can be detrimental to students is if you take two or three months to get it back to us, then um, our interviewers are probably going to ask you about that. Um, Especially if you're a competitive applicant and we're seeing you later in the cycle and, like oh well, it took me three months to get my secondary in. I think that's something that would definitely be a question that you would receive, um, indeed, to have an answer for. So
1: yeah, yeah, good, yeah. That'd be my assumption as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, timing is is critical, right? Timing is critical, and uh, and you, and as you said, Felix earlier, you uh, a lot of schools post their questions for their secondaries on their website so you can you can kind of know you know what's what you're going to be asked to write about and you can pre-write them even before you uh, uh, fill out the uh, primary sometimes even
2: Uh, yes we just try to streamline the process and make it as student-friendly as possible and Mm -hmm. you know as as Lindsay was saying you know we often when i go back and it's that whole post-mortem situation where students have been trying to figure out what, what went wrong, why did I get in, and you start looking back, and we have everything time-stamped, you know, in our application um, kind of management uh, software package, and we noticed we sent you the invite to the secondary, you know, June the 1st, but we didn't receive it until September 30th. You know, it's like, well. What was the disconnect there? Were you not that interested in applying to us in the beginning? you know and so mm-hmm. so for us it's just it's really you know it's going to be detrimental to that student's chances if they don't get everything turned in at an earlier yeah. time frame
1: yeah, and it makes it, it makes it difficult where i I recognize that a lot of our students are applying to 2030 you know medical schools around the country and uh and, and it's it's a lot of a lot of secondaries to fill out right and uh and so what we try to encourage them to do is pre-write as much as possible but also be uh be timely with those as as they as they can so um, I I appreciate the, the encouragement <laughs> to, uh, to to uh, be timely in those things because everything counts, right? You know, you're you're tracking everything, you know when they when they did what and how it, how it went, and all of that. So that's great. That's great. Well, I think I'd like for us to jump into some questions if uh, if we've got some questions uh, from the uh, from the uh, crowd that's uh, that's viewing us. Here's one from Haley. Uh, i'm hoping to learn if it is okay to mention a specific interest in the field like ortho like ortho uh, orthopedics on your secondaries while of course keeping an open mind and mentioning that as well so in the secondary uh application is it how does it how does it kind of strike you if they talk about specifically a, a particular specialty of medicine that they're really interested in. Uh, I know some secondaries really talk about how do you envision your practice to look in the future and stuff like that. I mean, what are your thoughts about, uh, about Haley's question? Um, either, 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 either one of you. Felix, do you want to go
2: I, you know, for me, I always say it's always better to be honest on that particular type of topic. I know one of the biggest misconceptions that we have about our school is that all we want to do is train family medicine physicians. And, you know, and, and granted, it's kind of our missions, but at the same time, we want to make sure we're training physicians to be able to treat all patients in all walks of life, but hopefully in an underserved type of uh, community. So for me, I, I would say you know yeah if you if you have a specific interest in any particular field then then definitely document that definitely you know display that but you want to make sure at the same time you have some evidence of why you want to do that you know it was, the, was it a shadowing experience was it a mentorship you developed you know so make sure you're also you know documenting the why you want to choose that
1: field as well mm, great Let's see. what are your thoughts
3: I, I agree with um with everything felix just said i we actually have a section on our secondary um under mission um, where we actually ask you to rank your kind of what your current specialty thoughts are um again we do as we try to educate primary care physicians um about 70 percent of our students go into family medicine internal medicine obgyn or pediatrics and so we um Well, that means that 30% of our students go into something else. And that's okay because we need all types of physicians. Um, We do look at that from a, just to get an idea of, again, it goes into that. Are you a good fit for us? Are we the right place to educate you to become a physician that you want to be and to help us achieve our mission?
1: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Hope that's helpful, Haley. How about another question for us? Here's one from, I guess, Fatty. Uh, should we disclose academic accommodations during our secondaries or interviews? I have a learning disability and have been told by several people and admissions officers not to talk about it. Uh, what, what is your thought about, about uh, that question? About, uh, academic accommodations, I guess, during uh, their undergrad experience. Uh, and uh, would that be something that you, sh- you would uh, encourage to be disclosed? I guess you, you wear the student affairs hat as well, Lindsay. Why don't you? Uh, <laughs> okay, exactly. um,
3: I'll go first. Um, so, I I would say that it's something that we well, first of all, we don't specifically ask about that. Um, and second, um, I think it's something that if it's irrelevant to your experience or to a challenge that you have experienced in academia or um, that helps you more thoughtfully and thoroughly and authentically answer. Um, the secondary questions or um, in writing your personal statement, then I think that's that's your decision to make as to whether you want to disclose that with us or not. Um, I think it's important to remember that if whatever you do share on the application, we can ask about and talk about in an interview. That does not mean that it would be utilized in a decision. It just means that By putting that into your application, um, I would hope that this student is comfortable enough to talk about that during their interview if they are asked about it, because it is material in the application. And so, um, you know, if you're telling us a challenge that you had in a course um, that was related to your learning disability, I think just being prepared to have a conversation in person about that as well, um, and not just writing it in your application.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, good, Felix. Any thoughts on that as well?
2: Same, same thing. I, we're not necessarily allowed to ask those types of questions, but if you feel like context, you know, that's the reason why I struggled in calculus, or that's the reason I struggled in biochemistry, and and but be prepared, you know, anything you write down on the application is fair game to be asked uh, during the course of the interview, and just be prepared to answer questions about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to reassure this individual, you know, if you get accepted to medical, all, all medical schools have uh, student disability services that are going to be able to help provide accommodations for you. So there shouldn't be any concerns about that part of it. If you go into medical school.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Let's see if we have another question. All right. Have you uh, considered reframing the strength weakness questions? It, it is overused on everything from school to job applications to a point of being meaningless and doesn't get at what you're asking. Okay. So that's pretty direct question. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> you know,
2: I, I don't think we have ours is exactly worded that way. Uh, I mean, ours is talks about, have you, you know, if you, um, what you've overcome, you know. For us, it's about getting back to the individual, and because medical school is going to be difficult wherever you go, you know. And and for us, it's if you feel like you've had some sort of weakness in regards to an academic issue or some life issue that's occurred, is we're more interested about how you overcame that, um, you know. Because those who have, I guess, the big buzzword is grit. If you if you if you're a gritty person, you're over going to be able to overcome any obstacles uh, put in front of you. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. Hopefully I answered that question for that person. I don't know. if that's okay. right.
1: <laughs> It's a difficult one to answer. I think Lindsay, any comments about that question? Uh,
3: so our, our question is not just a straight out, like what are your strengths and weaknesses? Um, it dives a little bit into what Felix was referring to in regard to your ability, your resiliency, um, in the face of adversity, um, and we honestly, we learn more from that question than I think any of our other questions um, in the secondary. And so I think it's there to stay because we really are able to, and I can't remember the exact wording of the question, but it allows students to really show us that grit that Felix was talking about in order to, to know that you have the resiliency to make make your way through medical school um, and the challenges that you you will face as a medical student.
1: Yeah. Awesome. That's good. All right. Another one. My question is regarding the COVID prompt. Many applicants had their plans interrupted, but what if the pandemic opened doors, an essential worker, a healthcare job, et cetera? Should we write about that? Yes. <laughs>
2: yes,
3: we <you> really should.
2: <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a great, you know, discussion. Great. I mean, even on the, I can even think, but people formulating a great personal essay out of that as well. Uh, yeah, so you definitely should write about it.
1: Yeah. How early in the year do you post your secondaries on your website?
2: For us, it's, you know, our application um, the, the opens up May 1st. Um, so we try to have our updated questions by that point. So it's usually by May first of so any application cycle. The questions should be ready to go by that
1: mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lindsay, around the same time, or
3: um, we so ours are emailed directly to the applicants because um, we don't send one to every applicant. So oh, right, 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 from us individually.
1: Right, that's right. Now, how often do the do the prompts? for your secondary change year to year. My sense is that in large part they're very similar year to year and you may, you know, change some a few things every now and then, but you know, pretty stable. Is is that pretty accurate or or is it does it change quite a bit from year to year?
2: And our case is pretty stable. You know, um, we we what we did this past years we went back and we kind of there were some questions that seemed kind of redundant. In regards to the application, and so we just we modified some of those, but the general theme of the questions are still the same, and and we added that COVID
1: question for us.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Lindsay, your years pretty stable, or
3: they are, and um, we we made some adjustments several years ago, a couple years ago, um, where we kind of overhauled them. Um, but you know, there's something to say about. Um, Knowing what you're going to hopefully ascertain from a question and being able, you know, the students change, so the answers are always different um, from year to year. Um, but as we do see, you know, changes within the applicant pool, we do adjust them based on um, things that we're hoping to learn more about um, or... You know, things that have become prevalent within the classes that we currently have, um, maybe issues that we're seeing that we want to dive into a little bit more to try to um, learn more about the applicant before they come in.
1: Good, good. All right, another question. Daniel says, do you send out secondaries to students who have submitted primaries without MCAT score? If so, should we submit secondaries before MCAT score is available? So he, this guy's taking the MCAT in August. Um, t- tell us a little bit about this, you know, about that. You know, if, 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 if uh, Felix, since you're asking everybody to, to fill out the, the uh, secondary, should he go ahead and do it? Uh, and, and before he gets the MCAT or wait for the MCAT? Or what is your advice with regard to that?
2: Well, we kind of we're, – we're in a partnership with the TMDSCS, and so often we have to make decisions collectively on the MCAT. I know we were not a te- an MCAT um, test-optional uh, school this past year because we were – I think all of us in the Texas TMDSCS decided on that. Um, although we were able to at least look at some applications that were submitted before they took the MCAT. um, I don't think there's any, any uh, concern if you submit that secondary before you submit the MCAT, but, um, but just for our process, we're not going to look at the applicant until we get the MCAT. And that's our
1: process here at Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Lindsay, I would assume similar.
3: Sure. it It is. Sometimes we, um, it, it honestly depends on the applicant. You know, we look at um, each of those applications to see what that science GPA looks like, um, what are some of those other factors if they're from a target area. And so um, sometimes we will send a secondary invitation out without having an MCAT score, and sometimes we will hold the application until we have the MCAT score um, to send the secondary.
1: Excellent. Sounds good. All right. Another question here. Hello, doctors Wright, Morales, and Ridgeway. Could you elaborate on what pre-writing means and how to use it effectively for secondary applications? So, I think this is really most re- relevant to um, to Felix. So, you you guys process and say, you know, you can look on your website and know what was the prompt last year for. Uh, and then you kind of anticipate what it's going to be this year. So pre-writing those, those, qu- those uh, answers really could be very helpful with the student because they can run them past their advisor. They can yeah. run them past, you know, in, anybody that they're getting to read their stuff and, uh, and then be ready uh, to uh, to submit once they have submitted that primary application, you agree with that? Yeah, ex-
2: exactly. You know, if you if you have the time, obviously students are going to be very busy and in, in preparation. One, maybe studying for the MCAT or finishing up whatever prerequisite coursework they need to finish. But if you have time to complete those questions before the secondary invite gets to your email, email inbox, uh, then it gives you know a, uh, you the ability to. Have people review your questions and make sure there's no grammatical errors and make sure that everything sounds good. Uh, and also, like I said, timing is of the essence when you apply to medical school. So making sure you have all those ready to go and submit in a timely manner is going to be so beneficial for you as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A little bit more difficult, Lindsay, for you, you guys in terms of the process that you yours is not posted. And so pre-writing r- really not an issue for you guys. Uh, seems like um, not, not as much. Uh, you still want them to run it by people. You still want them to proof it really well, et cetera. Correct. <laughs> yes.
3: Um, and I have no, um, I, I feel certain that you can find our questions <laughs> on <laughs> student doctor network or somewhere. I'm um, right. right. in that, that you can find them to pre-write if you want to, um, and yes and i think for us it's about a quick turnaround time and taking the time to review um the material that you're sending us um in an effective way so
1: thank you're on mute scott i had to mute it cuz my dog was going crazy <laughs> so as he still is uh how about another question Looking. sorry no, <laughs> one no. of the hazards... um all right, we have another question. Uh, here we go. Are your secondaries redundant? How can we effectively pre-write? Yeah, so similar, similar question. Um, I would say, you know, one of the things that strikes me about as we walk through um, secondaries and, and stuff is that there are similar questions on a lot of different schools' secondaries. Uh, and so it seems to me like that you can pre-write Um, you know, using elements of response to one secondary application as opposed to another secondary application. Does that make sense? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, I mean, if you're talking about redundancy between the primary and the secondary app, we try to eliminate that. We try to make those questions a little bit more unique and more mission-centric. But if you're talking about amongst various medical schools, there might be some redundancy, you know, amongst that. And, and maybe, um, you know, if you pre-write for one, you might be able to modify for the other would be another way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Any thoughts on that, Lindsay?
3: You know, I, so I would say that there a lot of them are very consistent. And there are some themes that I think you can write to that would be applicable to all a lot of the applications that you'll see one of the places where I think students sometimes um, can make a a big mistake on their application that's really impactful is that copy paste from one to the other. Um, And you're not truly answering the question or you're um, saying another school and our faculty has a really hard time looking past an application that has another school's name on it (laughs) because we need to feel like you want to come to school here. (laughs) And and so I think that's something that just to be mindful of, again, that proofreading function and um, making sure that you're answering the question. And so if you are pre-writing to a certain theme, that you're applying that specifically to the question that's being asked.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree. We, we Back when I was at Southwestern, we used to see that occasionally on letters of interest that would come in. And it would say, you know, after they've interviewed and it would say, oh, I so want to go to your school. And it would have the wrong school name on there.
3: <laughs> well, and I'll jump in to say this as well. So one of the other questions on our secondary is have you. um applied did you apply last cycle and can you tell us what you've done in the interim and so you know sometimes students will apply to allopathic schools and then the next year they'll apply to allopathic and osteopathic or osteopathic and then allopathic so um I think when you answer that question you know being able to thoroughly explain what you did between your first application and your second application and making sure that you have the school correct in there um And, you know, because if you say, oh, I did this to improve my application and we don't actually have an application from you from last year, um, that raises some questions too. So just another thing to be mindful of.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think we have time for maybe one or two more questions if we we have some. Let's see what we have. Joe says, are secondaries looked at for students who have less – than competitive stats. Is there a point that an MCAT score or GPA is too low? So this is a really good question with regard to kind of the process and how that works and, and should, a, you know, secondaries are, are a more effort. They, you know, typically have a fee attached to them uh, in, in a lot of cases. And so, the you know, the question here being, you know, is there a point where it's too low and they shouldn't they shouldn't, uh, you know, bother. Uh, I suppose. So thoughts about that, uh, Felix? You know,
2: the, when we talk about metrics, you know, we talk about our holistic approach, right? When we look at the the application holistically, and and sometimes in that primary application, you don't get a good sense of, for example, if some, if a student had a low GPA, you know, if they were in the low threes or high two two nines, you know, and, and what, what would happen, right? And it's really hard to really get a good sense of what happened to that student during that time frame. That secondary app is going to be very invaluable for that student to say, hey, these are the things that occurred in my life that led me to have uh, my, my GPA pretty low. I, I started off poorly or, you know, for us in our West Texas region, I, I went to high school in a rural town. And when I got to the big college, it was really a difficult transition, um, and then it prompts us back to that transcript to make sure that you have an upward grade trend you know so you know you know for we don't have in our school we don't have minimum cutoffs on gpas or MCAT scores um, i never like Ms. Guiding anyone on the importance of metrics is we have to have some sense of your ability to handle the rigor of medical school curriculum and you know we look at various gpas differently and various components of the MCAT score but what the secondary does for a student who might have low metrics give them an opportunity to explain why they have those low metrics and and it gives us better insight to to what might have happened
1: yeah absolutely Lindsay, i agree with that
3: i i completely agree with that um it does allow us to see um kind of it it, it allows your transcripts to ha- you to tell the story of your transcripts and of what's um, gone on and um, what happened on your various MCAT attempts that you've had. Um, We do only offer um, secondaries to um, a certain group of students. And so we don't have a cutoff either. There's a lot of different factors that we look at when extending those. um, But we try not to offer to a student that we would not academically consider. um, And so that's something to, to just know that we um, we would send some feedback to you regarding your ECOMAS application before sending you a secondary yeah. application and asking you to pay that fee. Yeah,
1: yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, I think we're just about out of time for today. I want to thank everybody for watching us uh, on uh, Inside Med Admissions. I s- especially want to say a huge thank you to our guests, uh, Dr. Lynn, Lindsay Ridgway from VCOM and uh, Dr. Felix Morales from Texas Tech University Med School. And it's uh, wonderful to have you guys here. I hope you'll uh, consider coming back again another time on a different topic or, or whatever, but uh, it's been wonderful to, to see you. Lindsay, great to meet you. Felix, great to see you again. And uh, take care, everybody. And thank you again for joining us.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us today. And thank you.
1: Absolutely.